0: Believe it or not, finding the right safe for your needs is an art, and the staff at Colorado Safe Outlet has mastered it. Their team takes pride in their no-up-sale mentality and allow the customer to make an informed decision while never being rushed. I would 100% recommend them to a friend because you really never think about how important having a good safe is until, you know, something bad happens. They're the best brands available, like uh, Superior and Champion, and they just had really exceptional service and knowledge, which I haven't really received from big box retailers in the past. The Colorado Safe Outlet is looking for a new installer. Drab requires clean record, no felonies, clean cut, strong build, and reliable transportation. Wages start at hourly, but will quickly go to
1: salary if you're fit for the job please call Drew Weaver at 303-333-7233 and check out Colorado Safe Outlet today.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the north metro area from wheat ridge to erie it's erie guys for a limited time total bev is offering ten dollars off fifty dollar purchases on their website and app use code bsn10 to save ten dollars off fifty dollars for all your holiday parties and have it delivered to your door that's incredible let's jump into the show All right, well, that was weird. Uh, Saturday of no college football, and yet the Broncos played on Saturday against the quarterback that we talked a whole lot about in last year's draft podcast. And in the end, Heisman winner Baker Mayfield had the best of the Broncos. Nothing but crazy news um, coming out of Denver with all the coaching staff. Look, we're here to look forward, talk about the draft, got some interesting topics for you today. I'm flying solo as AJ has an incredibly busy schedule right now, so I'm just going to try and knock it all out, and hopefully this is satisfactory. I think it will. We've got a mock draft planned. We've got an awesome listener question, and then finally, some bulls that are worth previewing. They're not the big juicy bulls that we're going to start previewing next week. But still, some interesting bowls as you you long for football and you start to watch uh, some of these games. There's going to be some low-key prospects to watch. And you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the high-end prospects. but Those low-end prospects matter a whole lot. Guys like Philip Lindsey and so on and so forth. You can find some real gems later on. Think of guys like Will Parks, who's had a having a big season. Uh, so we will get into that. Should be a great show per usual. But I'll let you be the judge. And we are going to start, as promised, with some listener questions. Our guy, J.D. Fry. This was meant for last week's pod, which had plenty of stuff anyway. So I'm glad we ended up saving it for this week's pod. And I love this question. Our guy Jared asks, Andre and AJ, if Denver fires BJ, what quarterbacks would pair well with the hottest head coach candidates, i.e. John Harbaugh and Will Greer? Thanks, guys. All right, so little caveat here before starting. I got to admit, I had a little trouble pairing, you know, for example, John Harbaugh, who's typically, uh, you know, his background is as a special teams coach. He does have a background in Andy Reid's, you know, being under Andy Reid in Philadelphia, which, by the way, Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, and Dave Tobe, some of the best special teams coaches coming out of there. So, boy, anyone coming out of that Andy Reid system these days looks uh, really good. Um, So, But with non-offensive coaches, I had a hard time creating a pairing. So I tried to create a pairing with some of the more likely and you could say hottest coaching candidates out there with offensive coaches, whether that be potential head coach or a potential offensive coordinator. Uh, So that's, that's kind of the caveat before starting. And the first name I threw out there was Mike McCarthy. McCarthy, I think, would really pair well with Ohio State's Dwayne Haskins. We've talked a lot about Haskins this season. To us, he's clearly become... The top quarterback prospect in this class, his ability to throw it deep is really enticing for really any system. What you love is that deep ball accuracy, but what I like for him as a fit with McCarthy is that he's he's sharp underneath, accurate, great ball placement, leading his receivers to have uh, you know be able to create yak. Uh, McCarthy, of course, he's coached you know phenoms like Brett Favre. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, who can get out the pocket and kind of get wild as well. But I think really his system would suit a guy like Haskins, who can both throw it deep and be accurate underneath with you know superb timing and just get the ball out quickly, get it out accurately. Would really fit well with him. Another guy who I think would fit well is Daniel Jones, who, look, is a little vanilla, a little boring as a prospect, the kid out of Duke. But already polished, Uh, his pocket presence is very intriguing, good enough athlete, has all the physical frames and stuff. And again, in more of a Deacon dunk type system, he would work nicely. Uh, Bruce Arians, or say a Todd Haley, as an offensive coordinator. Now Arians has said uh, he's really pushed hard to be a candidate for the Browns. I'm not sure the Broncos would consider him necessarily. Look, the guys had some winning systems, uh, winning seasons as a head coach. Uh, You could do a lot worse. I think he's a bright offensive mind. The work he did with Roethlisberger probably some of his best seasons. Andrew Luck bringing him up, aside from this year, really Andrew Luck's best seasons as well. Arians and Haley are really big on that vertical passing game, which is something. Gosh, that would be so nice in Denver. That's a big part. While he's kind of um campaigned to be the Browns head coach because Mayfield throws a nice deep ball and that would fit his system nicely. Guys who I think would be would look really nice for him, for example, would be a Joe Flacco or a Drew Locke out of Missouri, who we haven't talked about enough. Actually I was joking with AJ. We talked about Drew Locke probably more in last year's podcast when he was, you know, it was still up in the air whether or not he'd declare than we have so far in this year's though we've mentioned him some and for me he's the not the clear cut but he has a slight advantage um as a third best quarterback after Haskins and Herbert depending on what happens with Kyler Murray uh he would fit nicely in Bruce Arian's system because he's got that deep ball and Haskins again would fit nicely and just You know, I don't think Bill Musgrave will be retained, but if Bill Musgrave was paired with a head coach, I don't know, say, worst-case scenario, and maybe it isn't for some of you, but for me, considering how his tenure with the Broncos ended, his record as a head coach, uh, the fact that his defenses are kind of vanilla, say a guy like Jack Del Rio was hired as the Broncos' head coach, and he decided to retain Bill Musgrave, who was his offensive coordinator when he was with the Raiders and Musgrave kind of had some of his best seasons as a play caller. The Raiders had some of their best seasons in this millennium. I think Haskins would be an ideal fit because of that combination of accuracy over the middle and intermediate game, but also the ability to toss it deep and be accurate. And you know, Haskins is going to be featured on a lot of these just because his system really applies. Shanahan, That name's been tossed out there. Now, at the same time, it already seems like that door's been closed on any potential Mike Shanahan reunion in Denver. Say Shanahan, for some miracle, did become the head coach. Or Gary Kubiak, as other reports have suggested, was interested in going back into coaching and became the offensive coordinator one way or another to help a head coach that he is interested in those two systems would be great for a Justin Herbert. Let's not forget, Paxton Lynch, for example, was drafted for Kubiak in that system. And, you know, the ability to get out on bootlegs, to throw it on the run are things that Herbert does really well. That would fit really well. Uh, you know, Shanahan would do wonders with Kyler Murray. I think he would just have to get back and open back up that playbook that he used with RG3 when RG3 broke all those rookie records when he was in Washington. And I also think a guy like Will Greer, while a little erratic, if developed under those guys, I think could become, you know, could potentially develop his max potential. Let's let's just put it that way. So those would be three names I would pair with that. John DeFilippo, who just got fired from the Vikings, former quarterback coach for the Eagles last year he will be an interesting offensive coordinator candidate Uh, he obviously has some things to figure out as far as play calling and being balanced and knowing when to run and when to pass which is kind of what got him in trouble in Minnesota but given his success with Wentz I really think Herbert would be an ideal fit with him I also think you know he could do some interesting things with Kyler Murray for sure. Those would be really nice fits with DiFilippo. Um, as far as the... Uh, and I guess he could make Drew Locke work as well. The other rookies in this class I don't think would be so great. Eric bien Lots of Colorado roots. We mentioned uh, when talking about John Harbaugh, how he... um Andy Reid disciples are really all the rage, and rightfully so, because they're all having tons of success. Just watch, you know, look at what Matt Nagy's done or Doug Peterson did a year ago. Eric Viennemi is that next guy, that next offensive coordinator under Andy Reid. You'd have some concerns with him. Uh, you know, it's kind of being the offensive coordinator with training wheels, if. That's fair to say, just because, I mean, hey, you've got Andy Reid there. So he's really consulting. He's doing a lot of the play calling. But to have someone who comes from that system that's so innovative and really um, is really just big on innovation and scouting and finding plays that are unique and all over the place, Biennami would be fantastic for some mobile quarterbacks like Herbert or Murray. The same could be said about just about any of the college coaches, and bien has had experience as a college coach, which is nice. Uh, Lincoln Riley, of course, Kyler Murray, who plays under him right now, the Oklahoma head coach, would be perfect for Kyler Murray and allowing him to transition to the NFL and kind of allowing his system to translate. I should mention with DiFilippo, someone like Nick Foles would fit really nicely with him given their past experience and what have you, Um, and really any college coach would do well with, uh, I mean, you know, it's not like success is guaranteed, but I think Murray or Herbert, their unique skill set of getting out and throwing it on the perimeter, throwing it on the run, the ability to to implement more RPOs and that kind of stuff, I mean, all these college quarterbacks do it, Drew Locke would fit in as well, Um, Lincoln Riley with Drew Locke would be a really interesting fit, frankly. And then Zach Taylor, Rams quarterback coach, everyone's trying to get in on the Rams, right? Um, You know, and again, kind of like I just said about Andy Reid, you got to be careful because uh, much like DiFilippo, for example, he had uh, Frank Reich, he had Doug Peterson, and when he was out on his own, he got fired mid-season. So you got to be careful. These guys, you wonder how much is, how much are they contributing to the success and how much are they kind of being credited for stuff that their other good coaches on the staff are really doing. But Zach Taylor, the Rams quarterback coach, would be very intriguing, um, you know, as kind of a young mind out there. Uh, Same goes with um, Mike McDaniel of the 49ers, though he's focused more on the running game. But if he was given uh, an opportunity as an OC this year, The same things that we said about Shanahan and Kubiak would apply to him. Zach Taylor instead, Rams quarterback coach, would really be a great fit with Haskins. You guys heard me a couple weeks ago talking about how Haskins, to me, the Ohio State quarterback, really compares favorably to Jared Goff. They've had similar ups and downs in their final college football season, have similar traits, not the most athletic, can be a little statuesque, can struggle some against pressure, Though it's not a major concern, it is a concern. Um, But, you know, that ability to throw it deep, that ability to throw it on time, throw it with accuracy would really fit nicely. Those are kind of the top offensive guys that could come to mind. Um, I hope I wasn't too repetitive with too much, you know, Drew Locke, Herbert, Murray, um, what have you. But that kind of gives you an idea. And I really love that question from Jared. Jared's the best. Really appreciate that. Now, from our last podcast show, which ended up being posted Friday with the wacky week the Broncos had, so I'm sorry if uh, some of you are trying to answer questions late, right as I'm recording, and couldn't get them in. I promise we'll get it to them in the next show. But Polly from Waukesha asked, "Hey guys, what are you doing over Christmas? Uh, I'll be I'll be at home with the fam." They'll also be watching some football and stuff. Do you recommend watching any of these games? Now, he gives a full list. If Zach and Ryan have responded to this already, I apologize. But, considering there's a lot of college bulls in here, I thought it was appropriate for us. So we're going to get into that without spoiling our final segment where we give you the bull previews. The Birmingham Bull. Memphis Tigers at Wake Forest. Man. This would have been a fun one because, first off, Memphis has a really interesting offense, a power-spread offense. They play it really good. They're really well-coached. They do a great job of that. And they have this phenomenal back, Daryl Henderson, who just declared this last week. Um, He's intriguing, smaller back, but can run tough between the tackles. Has put up a decent amount of receptions. There's some hype with him being the top running back in the class. That might be too rich for me. But I like the kid. He, sadly, with the fact that he just declared, will not be in that bowl game, as has been a trend lately. So that gets downgraded for me. Uh, The Tiger, Memphis Tigers against Wake Forest. Then he has uh, the Houston Cougars against Army. Look, Army's always fun to watch because they play power football. They play the triple option. It's simpler, but it's amazing how effective it is. Against Division I talent. Houston, kind of like Memphis, real bummer that Ed Oliver isn't there. Uh, you know, I'm probably more interested in this than I am Memphis against Wake Forest, but again, this gets downgraded with no Ed Oliver there, which is kind of a bummer. Buffalo against Troy. This one we'll be talking about in our bowl preview in segment three, so listen to that. Uh, Buffalo has some some intriguing talent on offense. I definitely think this will be a good one. Um, Then Louisiana Tech against Hawaii. Like this one, some intriguing prospects. Hawaii's offense, really fun to watch. Uh, Then he asks, you know, Christmas Eve, Broncos at Raiders. Of course you watch that. I don't care that the Broncos have been eliminated by the playoffs. You got to always watch. You got to watch the pesky Raiders, see what they can do. Watch all the schematic stuff. Hope that some of the young guys step up. Uh, You know, the offensive line, for example, us on a draft pod, the offensive line was really promising in that three-game win streak. The last couple games in these two losses against Niners and Browns, they've fallen off. That patchwork interior offensive line of Turner, McGovern, and Wilkinson was playing so well. Now they've been struggling. You know, that among a million other things to watch. You always watch the Broncos. And then Christmas Day schedule in the NBA. Milwaukee Bucks at New York Knicks. Hey, anytime you get to watch the Greek Freak, I'm a draft fan all around. I'm a fan of skill and athletic freaks. So, must watch the Milwaukee Bucks. I think Oklahoma City at Houston is going to be a really good game. Um... You know Houston can be a little boring because James Harden is the way he is, and even Russell Westbrook's a little boring, but I'm all about that. Uh, Definitely watch the 76ers against the Celtics. That's going to be a good one. Lots of matchups in that one, uh, which kind of gives you an insight about how I think of sports and stuff. Lakers at Warriors. Yeah, LeBron against the Warriors? You kidding me? Of course. And then Blazers at Jazz. Absolutely, that's a good one. And He mentions NHL, but no games on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So I hope that helps, Polly, especially with the uh, bowl games. And keep listening, because as I mentioned, segment number three, we will talk more about those bowl games. I'm excited for that. And before jumping into segment number two, I just want to remind you, BSN Denver subscribers, you can subscribe right now and get a gift card if you subscribe under an annual pass you can get a gift card to a free t-shirt. That applies for if you buy a gift card for a friend or family member, you can keep that t-shirt. They don't need to know. They're already getting a gift. They don't need a BSN t-shirt on top of that. Or hey, maybe you're extra generous and you want to do that. If you haven't checked out bsndenverlocker.com, you must. Some amazing t-shirts like the Phil Lindsay's uh, that he's been wearing. He was wearing on the pregame last week. That was awesome. we just launched the the Mile High Salute t-shirt, which for any lovers of Terrell Davis and, you know, kids of the late 80s like myself, uh, you know, the Mile High Salute and TD is everything. And the fact that Lindsey's paying homage and doing that and we were able to uh, get that in a beautiful t-shirt is great. We've got some Rainbow Skylands, all sorts of amazing gear. With that, we're going to take a quick break, pay the bills. I'll be right back for mock draft now that the broncos you know draft position seems to have stabilized once again or has it we'll find out stay tuned for the mock in just a second
1: what's up guys ryan Koenigsberg here and i gotta tell you about the blake street tavern it's my favorite sports bar in town as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there it's where i watched super bowl 48 it's where i watched cu win a pac-12 basketball championship back in the day Uh, The Buffalo Chicken Wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern.
0: And we're back, as promised, doing a mock draft now that the Broncos are drafting at 13th. Last time we did this, they were, you know, it looked more like the late teens. Now it's the early teens with some possibilities to move up. At the top of the draft, I mean, you look at teams like Carolina, Green Bay, those pesky Bills who are fighting hard. Uh, Same with the Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, depending on how things go the last couple weeks here, you're going to have some possibilities to to move up and maybe move up at the end of the top 10. I was surprised with how this mock went. It went pretty well for the Broncos. So we're going to jump right into that with what the order would be as of today. And it starts with the Arizona Cardinals, who have now moved into the top spot. We've talked in the past how having John Elway's friend, John Lynch, of the San Francisco GM of the San Francisco 49ers, would be ideal if the Broncos wanted to move up to get one of these quarterbacks. That's no longer the case. And who knows, with, uh, you know, how... It's, it's an odd top of the draft. I know I'm kind of prolonging this more than I should. But it's an odd top of the draft in that you don't have all that many needy quarterback teams. And that's partially because you had five guys taken in the first round last offseason and uh, you know last draft. So a lot of these teams at the top of the draft... Don't really need a quarterback, and lots more are paying their quarterbacks a bunch of money, so they're not necessarily interested. So it creates a really interesting dynamic. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, one of those teams, they could really use offensive line help. I don't see great value at the top. Jonah Williams, after that game against Georgia, his stock has dropped a little, rightfully so. He showed some concerning signs there, so I was undecided between two Williamses: Quinn and Williams dominant interior defensive lineman for Alabama, and Greedy Williams, the top cornerback in this class out of LSU with great length, uh, plays sticky coverage. Sometimes his effort's questioned a little bit, but I still think he'll be a top-ten pick given how much of a need there is for cornerback. I still think this could be a potential trade-up spot for teams like the Broncos or the Giants or the Jacksonville Jaguars trying to jump each other uh, but as is, I went with Quinn and Williams, who I think could really uh, give the cards a dominant presence on that defensive line to pair with Chandler Jones and some other, you know, members of a fairly talented D. They've dropped off, but they're pretty good. Then we have Oakland. Oakland's interesting. They could be in the market for a quarterback. I get a feeling Gruden's going to stick with uh, Carr at least another year, considering that was a big selling point for why he came to Oakland in the first place and, you know, took the job. So we're going with Nick Bosa, best defender in this draft class. Um, and you know, a slam dunk pick. Not a pick we'd like to see as Broncos fans because Nick Bosa would be no fun to go against. Uh, But, you know, after losing Khalil Mack, Having Nick Bosa on your roster, not too bad. Uh, The Jets at three, interesting team. They'll probably go through a coaching change, which will change things drastically. They really could use an edge rusher on defense, which is why we went with Cleland Farrell out of Clemson. I think Greedy Williams could be in play here too. But in the end, I went with Cleland. Uh, You could easily kind of swap and four here as far as I'm concerned at four you have the San Francisco 49ers I went on defense as well and it kind of goes to show you how loaded defensively this draft is that the top four picks in my mock here are all defenders out with Greedy Williams for uh for the Niners again you could swap their pick with the Jets they do have Akilah Witherspoon who's really good uh, young cornerback out of Colorado who I was very high on, and you know, have Richard Sherman still. You can never have enough cornerbacks. Having another guy with length like that would make them so versatile and allow them to do so much more. Uh, so I went with <clears throat> Greedy Williams, excuse me, because I really don't think he'll drop that far. Now, at five, finally a team that needs a quarterback Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it's Dwayne Haskins here. Now, it depends on what system will be implemented, what happens with the coaching staff, all that kind of stuff. I think they need to add weapons on, the, on offense for Haskins. They need to fix up the offensive line, all that kind of good stuff. But I think he's the clear-cut best quarterback. Getting him at five would be a real steal and really works out for them. At six, the Atlanta Falcons. They could use more help on the defensive line. I considered Ed Oliver. Uh, Grady Jarrett is going to be gone. Uh, so Ed Oliver would make good sense. And I also considered Josh Allen, who playing opposite Vic Beasley would work. In the end, I went with Ed Oliver, though it's really a toss-up for me. I just think that's a greater need. Now, if they re-sign Grady Jarrett, who's a free agent, and... Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing in the Broncos, because as an interior penetrator, he's been really intriguing on that defensive line. Uh, that could change, because maybe him and Oliver are too similar, and they could go a Josh Allen or go another route entirely. Uh, Detroit comes up. Defensive back is a need for sure. I think they're still looking for that edge rusher opposite Ziggy Ansah, and, uh, you know, that... That heir to Andomkin Sue after losing him. So what Atlanta did mattered a lot. I think Josh Allen would make a lot of sense, but ultimately I went with Deontay Thompson out of Alabama, a safety I've been very high on uh, for a while now, and he goes at seven, at eight. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers on this side. It really this is another team like Oakland. Could they go quarterback or will they stay put with Jameis Winston? I think edge rusher is going to be a consideration as well. I ultimately ended up going with an edge rusher. I think Winston's played well enough. And with a new head coach, you know, kind of be like uh, when the Jaguars hired Doug Marone and they needed to hire a coach who was sold on Blake Bortles. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks did the same and forced their only hired someone who was on board with Jameis. So I'm not going with Herbert, who would be the logical next option. I was in the side between two edge rushers in Brian Burns and Josh Allen. I went with the Kentucky product. Though Brian Burns, out of Florida State, we haven't talked about him much. We haven't talked about pass rushers all that much out on the edge because clearly that's not a need for the Broncos. So this class is loaded. Uh, you know, Brian Burns, that Florida State connection is strong in the Bucks organization. So I wouldn't rule that out. But at eight, we went with Josh Allen. At nine, the Giants have lots of options. <sighs> and, you know, there are some murmurs. Now, mind you, they seem locked into a top three pick not too long ago. And then they've really picked it up recently. And all of a sudden, there's some murmurs of oh, eh, maybe another year of Eli. Would not be so bad considering this quarterback class isn't all that strong? Blah blah blah. Also, assuming next year's quarterback class will be strong is always kind of a fool's errand. Uh, predict projecting a year out, though, it looks better this far out than this quarterback class did. So, give them that. So, I did consider Jonah Williams the top offensive tackle in this class here because the Giants could use that help. I don't think they can. I don't think they can pass on a quarterback again with Herbert staring them right in the face. And that's ultimately who they had to go with is Justin Herbert, the quarterback out of Oregon, assuming everything checks out medically. Uh, Look, two quarterbacks, no offensive linemen yet, have gone. Lots of edge rushers that the Broncos don't need. Things have worked out so far in this muck. Now, after the Giants at nine, we have the Buffalo Bills at 10 Ah, Jonah Williams makes a lot of sense and that's ultimately who they take the offensive tackle but wide receivers were a strong consideration here as well Marquise Brown who AJ and I have said we would love to see at the Broncos out of Oklahoma that speedy wide receiver to me would make sense with their coordinator Brian Dabble who comes from New England where they use those you know quick guys underneath to get open and Alabama where you know speed is a is a premium with Dabble's background and Josh Allen's big arm. I think Marquise Brown or any of the top wide receivers could make a lot of sense. At 11, Green Bay Packers. This was tough. You could go lots of directions. I went with an edge rusher and Brian Burns. Just more edge rushers helping the Broncos out. At 12, the Carolina Panthers. This was a tricky one, but ultimately I went with the offensive line. Yodney Kajust is the guy I picked. And regular listeners know how high I am I am on Kajust. Uh, Cody Ford or Jawan Taylor, who we talked about last week, have a lot of hype and could also be considered. Um, Greg Little could also be in the mix here. So offensive line, I think, would make a lot of sense. And they could use some help defensively. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the coaching staff there. That sets up with the Broncos having, you know, the best offensive lineman left. The top interior defensive lineman left, but you still have tons of options like Rashawn Gary, Draymond Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, Christian Wilkins, um, Dexter Lawrence, uh, you know, get Rashawn Gary talented, former top recruit out of Michigan, has all the talent in the world, would be a dynamic force up front. Draymond Jones, I think, has just the sky is the limit for the kid out of Ohio State with his upside, Jeffrey Simmons. Really strong, powerful defensive lineman out of Mississippi State. The other two guys, Wilkins and Lawrence, that I mentioned out of Clemson. Uh, You know, Grady Williams is gone, but you still have some top cornerbacks like Byron Murphy out of Washington still around. You maybe are concerned that you're lacking some length and height if your top two cornerbacks are Murphy and Chris Harris Jr., but boy, those kids could cover well. Uh DeAndre Baker out of Georgia would be just ultra solid. My guy, Devin White, would still be around as well. The dynamic, just reckless force, that is, the LSU linebacker. Assuming he declares, that doesn't seem so clear-cut right now. So keep your fingers crossed on that. And you know, had this gone differently. If the Giants pass on Herbert to go for Jonah Williams, for example gosh, <sighs> Herbert could be staring me right in the face at 13. And we've talked about Herbert's problems. He, uh, you know, his stock has dropped off significantly after seeming like the consensus number one pick in October in that three-game stretch he had. You know, his injuries are a concern, consistency is a concern, his ability to handle pressure, process information quickly, make the proper reads... He's far from polished, even though he has more starting experience than Haskins or Kyler Murray, for example. And Kyler Murray, who we dedicated a large amount of uh, last week's pod to, would be right there. Gosh, I love all these options. I think you're getting great value, especially on the interior defensive line, Devin White. And, uh, you know, Kyler Murray, considering the position he plays, You'd be getting great value there as well. I went with my heart and I went with Kyler Murray. Uh, but again, Rashawn Gary, Draymond Jones, I'd be happy with. Cornerback, I'd be happy with. Devin White, I'd be happy with. And, you know, yes, the Broncos haven't prioritized cornerback very highly in the last several drafts. That seems to have been, uh, you know, an organizational philosophy they've implemented thus far. But don't just assume that's going to be the case forever. We we know that a coaching a coaching change will be coming, and with that coaching change will come a scheme change. The thing about Vance Joseph is he'd been groomed, and Joe Woods for that matter, they'd been groomed under Wade Phillips at different points and times. Those were similar defensive philosophies. You could be completely changing your defensive philosophy. You might be playing a four three, and while I think Todd Davis has had a good year, I think Josie Jewell's shown his flashes, and I even think uh, you know Joseph has done a good job, uh, the special teams ace for the Broncos, and I think he, you know, deserves more playing time and should be held on uh, in the future. Joseph Jones, I'm sorry, no, not I was thinking Jonathan Joseph for some reason. Um, But, you know, Devin White could still be prioritized. Ultimately, I want quarterback and an exciting quarterback. But again, as I said, interior defensive line would be great. Devin White would be great. Those cornerbacks would be great. This mock played out really nicely for the Broncos. And uh, before going to break, and I remind you I'm Andre Simone with the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast, I want to tell you about StravaCraft coffee. We're excited to tell you about this game changing coffee. StravaCraft is the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD infused coffee has taken away long term migraines, back pains, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive coffee is rich and tasty and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners check it out for yourself today and receive 20 dollars off when you use code bsn2018 at checkout and you'll get it shipped right to your door and with that we are back for the final segment previewing some bowl games as i mentioned not the not the most intriguing matchups of the bowl season, especially since, damn it all, we've got some we've got some some top prospects who aren't aren't going to play, and that's a, that's a real bummer. But there are still some interesting games, and this is one of the ones that we were asked about earlier: UAB versus NIU. That's today, Tuesday, when you listen to this podcast. That'll be on tonight. Hopefully, you didn't miss it and listen to it on Wednesday morning. NIU, Northern Illinois, has some intriguing prospects. First is their left tackle, Max Sharping. Uh, He's got the size. Some are projecting him to be a top five offensive tackle in this class. He's one of those smaller school guys that always seem to rise up in a position like offensive tackle. Check him out. He's definitely an intriguing prospect. And then you have their edge rusher, Sutton Smith, who's a you know, got some real talent in his own right. He might be the better prospect, frankly, of the two, though I feel like Sharping's the guy who's going to end up over drafted because of the position you're watching. And Sharping's going to have a nice little matchup against Jamel Garcia-Williams, uh, who's had nine and a half sacks, and is six 6'7", the UAB ed- defensive end edge rusher, if you will. Then the next matchup I'm intrigued by here, is San Diego State against Ohio, mostly because San Diego State has Ryan Pope, who I feel like has kind of been around in draft world forever, Uh redshirt senior, raw left tackle, raw as, as ever. You know, um, technique needs to be improved, footwork needs to be improved, all that kind of stuff, but... You know, he's got the raw tools, and if you got a really good offensive line coach in here, or you know, continued with the work you've done so far, we saw how having lots of offensive tackles won't hurt your depth. Those guys can play inside as well and do pretty good things. Ryan Pope is going to be really interesting to watch. And you know, if the mock goes as I predicted, and you can't get a guy at the top in round one, and it doesn't really work out in round two later on you look for developmental prospects especially if you're able to extend Veldir to a cheaper contract (laughs) guys like Sharping and Pope would be really intriguing um and that's really the the best prospect on that you can watch Pepe White on Ohio um he's undersized has had some health issues but you know, as a guy who in later rounds, Broncos might consider as well. So don't don't underestimate him. On Thursday, December 20th, you have Marshall against South Florida in the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Um, Tyree Brady, wide receiver out of Marshall. He's another guy I feel like has been around forever. Um, he's kind of having a... A down year. He's a former transfer from Miami. Definitely has an NFL frame and has the size and body that you look for. Again, in day three, some wide receiver depth. Not necessarily what the Broncos are looking for, but could he be a backup to Sutton, something like that? Absolutely. Uh, So consider him, as you watch that game, Saturday. We talked about how the Memphis Bull. Got downgraded because Daryl Henderson is no longer there. That's a real bummer. Um, you know, he's one of the, the leaders in uh, in rushing yards in the country. Uh, Houston Army, again, with no Ed Oliver, nothing to watch there. But Buffalo against Troy, this is an intriguing one. And we've talked about these guys a little bit throughout the season. You have Tyree Jackson, their big quarterback. Who's got some of that, you know, Josh Allen show-off arm and frame talent, and then you have um, his big wide receiver Anthony Johnson, who might be the better prospect of the two. Both intriguing developmental guys. I think Johnson will go fairly high, so that'll be a nice bull to watch to see how those two guys perform against Troy. Uh, Troy's best prospect is Blaise Brown, their cornerback. You know he's put up some numbers and could even be a a a day two guy though more likely is day three. And then you have Jalen Ferguson in the Hawaii against Louisiana Tech game. Uh, That's the Honolulu Bowl. Um, Oh, SoFi Hawaii Bowl. My my pardon, SoFi. You know he's put up 64 tackles for a loss in his career has Jalen Ferguson he's getting some hype as a first round prospect he's a disruptive edge rusher has been one of the best statistically in the country for many years now he's going to be really intriguing to watch Um, sadly he'll go too high for the Broncos to consider but hey watch him up watch some fun football as I talked about that Hawaii offense is great and the more Ferguson stock rises, the more guys that the Broncos would be interested in and would consider can drop. And that would be a great thing. Well, that, folks, is a show. We will be back next week with some more good stuff for you. Hopefully, AJ can get back here and we can talk some more draft together. I hope the mock draft and the quarterback coaching pairings was fun I sure enjoyed it Uh, before leaving you I just wanna tell you I just wanna ask a simple question what if I told you that you could order your liquor on a mobile app have it delivered to you the same day and save money doing it well that's exactly what I'm telling you Total Beverage delivers the most to most of the metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie and they have the lowest prices in the state plus they're locally owned and operated so you're helping out the local guy and you know we love the local guy. For a limited time, TotalBEV is offering $10 off, $50 purchases on their website and app. Use code BSN10BSN, the number 10, to save $10 off, $50 for all your holiday parties, and have it delivered to your door. Download the Total Beverage app and use code BSN10 for $10 off your delivery order. That's BSN 10 on the Total Beverage app to get $10 off your next liquor order. Thank you, guys. I'm Andre Simone with the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast. Enjoy your holidays. We will talk soon next week. Thank you for listening.